1: The toughest president ever on Russia. That's how Donald Trump just described himself. Plus, what does President Trump have against Montenegro? And what really happened when Putin and Trump met behind closed doors? The Russians are talking now. This is the State of America Tonight.
2: In a key sentence in my remarks, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. It was backhanded and half-hearted. Too little, too late. I think what you saw today was a... An attempt to get it right, but he blew it at the end. There's never been a president as tough on Russia as I have been.
3: We don't know what was said by our own president in,
4: in a two-hour meeting. The only readout we've got, the only information we've got, is coming from the Russian government.
5: President Trump, once again, appears to be less than fully committed to defending our NATO allies.
4: Why should my son go to Montenegro to defend it from attack? I Why I understand is that? what you're saying.
2: I've asked the same question.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. Tour viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. In just a few moments, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders is going to be taking questions from the podium in the briefing room. The first time in more than two weeks, she is definitely going to be facing tough questions today. We will bring those tough questions and her answers to you when they happen. Why? Well, because if you're waiting for the president of the United States to clean up after what Republicans even call the mess that was Helsinki, think again. Another day, another clarification that leaves more to clarify.
2: There's been no president ever as tough as I have been on Russia. I think President Putin knows that better than anybody. He understands it and he's not happy about it. And he shouldn't be happy about it because there's never been a president as tough on Russia as I have been.
1: That was the president today trying to explain why he said this yesterday.
2: I said the word would instead of wouldn't. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't or why it wouldn't be Russian.
1: Two letters and an apostrophe, he says, makes all the difference. But two letters and an apostrophe don't explain the president's immediate ad lib in those very same remarks.
2: Could be other people also. Uh, There's a lot of people out there.
1: Two letters and an apostrophe also don't correct this from Helsinki.
2: But I have, uh, I have confidence in both parties.
1: And two letters and an apostrophe weren't mentioned in his two interviews, two pages of White House talking notes, and just short of a two, two dozen, uh, no, a dozen tweets after the Helsinki press conference. A correction of two letters and an apostrophe also doesn't take 30 hours to come up with. But are two letters and an apostrophe just enough for Republicans who broke from the president after Helsinki? For some,
6: it appears yes. I buy his clarification about what he said at his press conference. I'm just glad he clarified it. I, don't, I can't read his intentions or what he meant to say at the time. And Suffice it to say that for me as a policymaker, what really matters is what we could do moving forward. I wish he'd said it uh, in front of President Putin and the world yesterday. Uh, but yeah, I, I take him at his word. If he says he misspoke, absolutely.
1: So what then will Republicans do with this presidential clarification today?
5: Is Russia still targeting the U.S., Mr. President? Thank Press, you very let's go. Um, yeah. Make your way out. No, we don't believe that
1: to be the case. To be clear, that is the president being asked directly if Russia is still targeting the United States and the president looking directly at the reporter and saying no, no. That brings us back to... Where this all started, back to the podium in Helsinki, where the president went against his own intelligence community, forcing the director of national intelligence to issue a rare statement directly following the president, declaring this. We have been clear in our assessment of Russian meddling in the 2016 election and their ongoing pervasive efforts to undermine our democracy. Ongoing and pervasive efforts to undermine democracy. But the president now says simply... No. Cleanup required again on aisle. Who even knows at this point? And cleanup is clearly required on this one as well. The president sitting down for a post-NATO trip interview saying this about
4: NATO. Why should my son go to Montenegro to defend it from attack? I Why is that? I understand
2: what you're saying. I've asked the same question. You know, uh, Montenegro is a tiny country with very strong people.
4: Yeah, I'm not against Montenegro right. or Albania. Oh, no, by the way,
2: they're very strong people. They're very aggressive people. They may get aggressive. And congratulations, you're in World War III.
1: The president in tone, tenor, and his words questioning the bedrock of the NATO alliance, Article 5.
6: Article 5 is the part of the NATO treaty that the U.S. has signed up for for nearly 70 years. It's essentially a mutual defense pact. An attack against one member of NATO is an attack against all. NATO gets together and decides how to defend another country in the alliance if it's attacked.
1: And important to remember, the first and only time Article 5 has been invoked was after the September 11th attacks, when NATO allies mobilized in defense of the United States. To a former commanding general for the U.S. Army in Europe, the president's message to him could not have been more clear.
6: When you're talking about communication, it's not only what someone says, but it's what other people hear. It's a two-way street. And in that particular uh, communication, what the president basically did and what people in Europe heard was, he was questioning our collective security agreement with the members of NATO. He was also suggesting in that interview that U.S. commitment to NATO is conditional.
1: But on Capitol Hill, Republicans, well, they heard something quite different.
6: To ask the question
3: is one thing. To disagree with Article 5 would be another. Um, it's a fair question to ask as long as the answer and the understanding is complete. So ask the question, but make sure you get the right answer. Hmm.
1: But it seems the answer is exactly what's in question right now. I'm, getting my, I'm confusing even myself at this point. Also in question. What exactly did Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin say to each other in their private one-on-one meeting in Helsinki? I ask because Russia's talking, the White House is not. In a statement, a Russian military spokesman said the Russian defense ministry is ready to move forward with agreements reached between Trump and Putin on international security. But the National Security Council, from the United States of course, tells CNN it is still quote-unquote reviewing the discussion and isn't confirming nor denying any agreement on Anything. That explanation is not good enough for some Democrats who now want want Trump's cabinet officials to testify before Congress about what exactly went down.
4: The only rehab we've got, the only information we've got, is coming from the Russian government. What I'm asking is just that the White House tell the American public what was said, and if they won't do it, that the translator, who was the only other American official in the room, that they come before Congress and explain what happened. And if they refuse to, then the Congress should subpoena. I'll
1: let you guess the chances that the Republican majority in Congress is really going to allow that subpoena to ever happen. Exactly. Exactly. For at least one Republican, though, the whole concept of a private meeting between this president and a world leader at this point is a problem in and of itself.
7: Look, you need to have a
8: strategy, and I don't think you should be doing one-on-one meetings um, with, with heads of state because too much is at stake.
1: No, no clarification needed on that one. But yes, we are still waiting on one a clarification from the president on pretty much everything else. Let's get to the White House right now. Ryan Nobles is there for us. Ryan, what's going to happen when Sarah Sanders
4: really starts taking questions here today? Uh, Perhaps another clarification? Can we say that word enough today, Kate? I don't (laughs) know. never enough. (laughs) I have to imagine the first question that's going to be asked uh, at this press briefing in the next few minutes is, what did the president mean when he said that he believes that Russia is no longer targeting the United States? Uh, And whether or not we're going to be able to get a straight answer on that. I think remains to be seen. Uh, I think there were a lot of people uh, that were surprised when they saw that pull note come out. Uh, But when you watch the video pretty clearly, the president uh, was asked that question several times and he emphatically said no. Uh, And this is just another turn uh, in this kind of uh, dramatic story, Kate. It seems as though every time the president seems to course correct on this particular topic, he strays in another unpredictable direction. And what was interesting about uh, the kind of place we were in before he made those comments ahead of that a meeting with his cabinet today, was that there was a sense that the bleeding had stopped, uh, that Republicans felt comfortable. And you played uh, the sound from Republicans earlier today. They were happy with the clarification that he'd made that distinction about trusting the intelligence community more uh, Fine, than he was I'm trusting. I'm going to interrupt only because all right?
5: Sarah Sanders has just Tuesday walked in and, in and taken 24th, the podium. Let's listen. He'll address the Veterans of Foreign War's 119th annual convention. President Trump is committed to our veterans and has worked to reform the VA and to ensure veterans are given the care and support they deserve. The president looks forward to being with the more than 4,000 veterans in attendance. Yesterday, the U.S. Senate confirmed Randy Quarles as the vice chair for supervision at the Federal Reserve. But it is unfortunate that his nomination was continually delayed. There are still three more nominees to the Fed who have yet to receive a vote. It is inexcusable that Senate Democrats have delayed confirming the president's nominees. An even worse example of unnecessary delay is the nomination of Don Stump to be a commissioner on the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. There is no opposition to her, but yet she has been waiting for 400 days for a vote. We urge Senate Democrats to stop these unnecessary delays and confirm these qualified nominees. Lastly, on behalf of the President and the White House, we offer prayers for United States Secret Service Special Agent Noel Edward Remagin and his family, including his wife and two young children. The Secret Service announced this morning that Agent Remagin suffered a stroke while on duty in Scotland last week and has tragically passed away. He was a five-year veteran of the United States Marines and spent 19 years with the Secret Service. The President and the First Lady are deeply grateful for his lifetime of devotion to his country. And the men and women of the Secret Service make enormous sacrifices for our safety and security, and we are forever in their debt. And with that, I will take your questions. Major.
3: Earlier, Cecilia asked the President, is Russia still targeting the U.S.? He said no. Is that what the President actually believes? Do you understand the question? And is his position that no, Russia is not doing anything to interfere or meddle in the 2018
5: election? You had a chance to speak with the president after uh, his comments, and the president was said thank you very much and was saying no to answering questions. Um, the president and his administration are working very hard to make sure that Ra- Russia is unable to meddle in our elections, as they have done in the past and as we have stated.
6: So yes, he does believe it's
3: going on.
5: Uh, Well, since there's currently not an election today, uh, not specifically, but we certainly believe um, that we are taking steps to make sure they can't do it again, unlike previous administrations. Uh, This president is actually taking uh, bold action and reform to make sure it doesn't happen again. But um, he does believe that they would target certainly U.S. elections again.
6: the president and the DNI codes who said
3: the red lights are blinking on this topic. No, as I just priorities. said, that's
5: why we're taking steps to ensure that these things don't happen again. We wouldn't actually spend as much time and effort as we are if we didn't believe that they were still looking at us. From the beginning of his administration, President Trump has actually taken action to defend our election system from meddling and in interference. i want to read through a few of the things that we're doing. In May of 2017, President Trump signed an executive order to strengthen and review the cybersecurity of our nation and its critical infrastructure. The Department of Homeland Security has taken the lead in working with all 50 states, local governments, and private companies to improve election security. DHS has increased coordination among all election partners. 34 states, 52 county and local governments, and five election companies receive cybersecurity scans regularly from DHS. DHS plans to provide on-site risk and vulnerability assessments to all states that request it. So far, 18 states have requested this assessment. A new pilot program was launched to increase rapid response capabilities on Election Day, and in 2017, on-site cybersecurity support was provided. In March of 2018, Congress provided the Election Assistance Commission with three $380 $380 million in funding for election assistance grants to states. These are steps that we've taken to prevent it from happening. These are steps that we've taken because we see that there's a threat there. Cecilia. Sarah, thank
4: you, Sarah. I just want to clarify what you just said. Dan Coates said point blank the threat is still ongoing from Russia. Does this White House believe that currently this threat is still ongoing?
5: Certainly. Like I just said, we believe that the threat still exists, which is why we are taking steps to prevent it. Again, you wouldn't go through that lengthy process if you weren't.
7: Yeah. The president
3: yesterday clarified his comments from his press conference on Monday with uh, Vladimir Putin. Does the president stand by all of his other public comments on the trip, including his uh, constant interview criticizing Theresa May's handling of the uh, Brexit negotiations, his uh, uh, comments that Russia uh, that, that, that Russia controlled Germany uh, over, over, the, over that pipeline, and uh, and other comments in that press conference Monday, where he continued to doubt, throw, uh, cast doubt on the intelligence community's assessment of Russian mail in the 2016 election. Does he stand by all of those? Uh,
5: again, the president saw a need to clarify the position. Um, he saw how his comments were being interpreted. He looked at the transcript and clarified those comments. And,
3: sir, the White House had a response to the uh, arrest and indictment of a uh, of a Russian national uh, who, is, uh, is, who is accused of trying to infiltrate uh, American political organizations purely on the right um, to try to influence American politics? Uh,
5: Certainly, um, we're looking at that. Uh, But just to clarify, I know that there was uh, massive media hysteria yesterday over uh, confusion between that individual and a White House staffer, which I think shows, frankly, uh, the outrageousness and the just desire to find the negative in everything that this president does. Just because somebody was simply redheaded, they were accused of being uh, some sort of spy for Russia. I think that this has gotten totally out of control. You guys need to take a little bit of a step back, slow down and quit going after the Trump administration on every single well, thing that takes place. No, no indi- of-
3: you have no response to the indictment. Have I, said we're, to
5: the I said we're looking at it. Um, but this is a, a lengthy process. We're going through it. However, I do have a response to the fact that simply because somebody had the same hair color, they were accused of being a Russian spy by a large number of people, frankly, in this room. Roberta.
2: The president today and the secretary of state um, both spoke um, about progress being made in talks, trade talks with Mexico. And I'm wondering whether trilateral talks with Mexico and Canada and also the bilateral talks with Canada are effectively off the table for now. Is the administration choosing to go with Mexico, where they see if there, there's progress and forget about the trilateral we're,
5: we're continuing uh, both of those tracks. Uh, we see a lot of progress on the conversations with Mexico. And if we could make a bilateral deal with them, we're certainly uh, very happy to do that. But again, we're continuing both conversations, both tracks. Maggie? Thank you, Sarah. Russian authorities yesterday named several Americans who they want to question who they claim were involved in. Bill Browder's, quote-unquote, crimes in, in their terms, including a uh, former ambassador to Russia, Michael McFaul. Does President Trump support that idea? Is he open to having U.S. officials questioned uh, Russia? The President's going to meet with his team, and uh, we'll let you know when we have an announcement that, on that. For a second, is that
1: a topic that came up in their conversation? Did uh, President Putin raise this with President Trump?
5: Uh, there was some conversation about it, but there wasn't a commitment made on behalf of the United States, and the President will work with his team, and we'll let you know if there's an announcement on that front. Blake. Thank you,
4: Sarah. The president earlier today said that there could be, quote, tremendous retribution for the European Union if there's not a deal struck on auto imports. In the past, he has talked about potentially putting a tariff of 20 percent. Is that what he meant today by tremendous retribution, or is it possible he goes even beyond that?
5: Certainly that's an option on the table that the president uh, is considering, but we are in the investigation process right now, and we'll let you know when we have an announcement. So you yeah,
4: brought up the, the Fed. um The the Beige Book just came out, which is anecdotes from across the country of what's happening with the economy. Here's some of the headlines. Uh, Manufacturers are concerned about tariffs. They're dealing with higher prices because of trade. Tariffs are increasing. Metal prices and ag prices have fallen because of Chinese tariffs. It's not necessarily a, a rosy picture with the tariff situation. Your response to those
5: headlines would be what? The president is focused on long-term economic principles. Uh, We have one of the strongest economies that we've had in decades. He continues to look for ways to help protect American workers, and he's going to continue to do that uh, on a number of different fronts and a number of different ways. Again, this is short-term, and the president hopes to open up a number of different markets and to create a more playing trade field uh, across the globe. Hi, Sarah. Two questions. The first one, in Finland, President Trump um, when talking about the stances of the U.S. intelligence community and of Russia, um, he said, "quote that both part." I have confidence in both parties. After a young woman was killed in Charlottesville, not in Charlottesville, Virginia, after protesting neo-Nazis, he said, "I think there's blame on both sides." Some people see this as a president continuously making false equivalencies and equivalences. What do you say to that criticism? Uh, I would not compare the two situations. The president, uh, I think said exactly what he thought yesterday in his remarks, and I would refer you back to those. Josh. Yeah. The Sorry, go ahead. And also, does the President see the interference in the 2016 election and possibly in the midterms as an attack on democracy, American democracy? The, US, the, the Secretary for Homeland Security said that it was an attack on American democracy, but the President said that the Democrats are weak, that Republicans basically had better systems. Do you see it, see it as an issue of American democracy or just his opponents being attacked? Uh, again, the president thinks that we have to focus on securing our election integrity in our election systems, which is why he has spent so much time with his administration, making sure that this doesn't happen again. Let's not forget that this didn't happen under President Trump's watch. This happened under the Obama administration. We're taking steps. We're making bold reforms to try to fix this and make sure it never happens again because we take it seriously and because we recognize that our election system are incredibly important and is certainly a cornerstone of our democracy. Josh. The
8: President spent uh, two hours The president spent two hours and 10 minutes with Vladimir Putin. Uh, Was there a deal made on Syria? Was there a deal made on anything? Can you give us any sense of, of what came out of that meeting?
5: Uh, Certainly, as the president said, um, a number of issues were raised, including Syrian humanitarian aid, Iran's nuclear ambition, Israeli security, North Korean denuclearization, Ukraine and the occupation of Crimea, reducing Russian and U.S. nuclear arsenals. And of course, uh, your favorite topic, uh, Russia's interference in our elections. Uh, All of these issues were talked about. This is the beginning of the dialogue with uh, Russia and our administration and theirs, and we're going to continue working through those things. Uh, but those were all of the topics, and certainly uh, probably others that were covered.
8: We'll follow up on a number of issues from the annexing of Crimea to uh, the election meddling. The president seems to spend more time criticizing his predecessor Barack Obama for letting it happen, under in his telling, than uh, Vladimir Putin. Do you have any sense why the president has not been more critical of Putin for some of these events that the entire world stage has has really gone after him about?
5: Uh, Look, I think the president, as he has said many times before, has been tougher on Russia than anybody. I think you can see that in all of the actions that he's taken, uh, whether it was uh, a plant that was closed due to aluminum and steel tariffs that were put in place by this president. The Treasury Department has issued new sanctions on numerous individuals and entities in Russia. The president has continued sanctions on Russia's malicious cyber activity in response to election hacking. We've expelled 60 Russian operatives from the United States and closed two consulates. President Trump issued four statements condemning Russia's poisoning of UK citizens on UK soil, authorized the sale of lethal aid to Ukraine, authorized military Strikes against the Assad regime in Syria and has repeatedly called out Russia's actions exporting energy to our allies in Eastern Europe. Look, the president has been extremely tough on Russia, and to say anything different is just not true. Why is
8: he critical of other world leaders by name, far more often than Vladimir Putin? Why won't he criticize? Putin
5: by name? I, I think he has. I think he has called them out for interfering our election. He's been tough on Russia repeatedly, and he's taken action against Russia on a number of fronts that I just listed off. When he was
8: beside him on Monday, though, why wasn't he critical of Vladimir Putin's actions?
5: Look, they had uh, a number of conversations. The president discussed some of these things directly face-to-face with Vladimir Putin. He addressed him again yesterday. Uh, uh, the president also sees this as an opportunity, as he said, many times to be able to work with Russia. Uh, he recognizes the fact that 90 percent of the world's nuclear weapons are under the direction of the United States and Russia. He thinks it's a good thing to get along with the other person that controls that much of the nuclear arsenal across the globe. He wants to create a more stable world, a more peaceful world. And we can't do that if we can't get along with Russia in some capacity. And so certainly uh, we've called him- Out, We've been tough. We've approached this in a totally different fashion than has been previously done, because what's been done in the past hasn't worked. So we're trying a new approach. But to act like he hasn't been tough on Russia, that he hasn't called them out is simply not true. And it simply completely changes uh, everything that this administration has done in regards to that country. Josh, I'm going to keep going. Justin.
3: Um, Sarah, a minute ago you described the negative impacts of the trade conflict with China in the short-term, but that's only true if we're able to strike a better deal. And from the outside, since the tariffs went on more, uh, two weeks ago, um, it seems like those negotiations have broken down. So I'm wondering if you could tell us what the status of them are, why the Treasury Secretary isn't meeting one-on-one with China when he's in Argentina for the G20, and what it would take from the Chinese or from the U.S. to restart those talks. Look,
5: I'm not going to negotiate with you guys. I'm going to leave that to uh, Secretary Mnuchin and Ambassador Lighthizer. We're continuing to have conversations with China. We're continuing uh, to look for ways that we can have a better trade deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. I want to follow
3: up on Maggie's question. Because she asked about the idea that Putin offered of essentially allowing Robert Mueller and his investigators to go to Russia to oversee or witness the interrogations of the Russian military intelligence officers if the U.S. would reciprocate and have Russian investigators come here to watch American citizens face questions about the crimes that they allegedly committed in Russia. The President called it an interesting idea. He said it was an incredible offer. Why would he say
5: that? He said it was an interesting idea. He didn't commit to anything. He wants to work with his team uh, and determine if there's any validity that would be helpful to the process. But again, we've committed to nothing. Um, and it was an idea that they threw out.
3: Sarah,
0: Sarah. Sarah uh, some Democrats on Capitol Hill now are saying that they want to drag the translator who was in the room with the president and Vladimir Putin before congressional committees to find out exactly what was said in their private meeting. Is that something that the White
9: House would ever support?
5: Uh, That's something that would go through the State Department. Mike.
9: The the list of subjects you went through as far as for the one-on-one meeting, unless I missed it, were sanctions discussed at all? Did did the President bring it up, or or did President Putin bring it up to uh, to President Trump?
5: Uh, I'm not aware. I'd have to ask, to be sure. Hallie. I just wanted
9: to ask you just one one quick one. Uh, Yesterday, the President's... Revision. Uh, it was kind of seen widely that he was leaving himself a little bit of room when he said there could have been others, too, who've meddled. Um, was, was he referring to any specific uh, intelligence on that, or was that his his instinct uh,
5: Certainly the president uh, receives a number of briefings and has talked about this subject pretty extensively. Um, we're aware of others that have made attempts, but I can't get into any of that here at this point. So. Yeah, I have two
4: questions for you, and I want to just clarify something. You talked about at the beginning of the briefing so despite the video that shows the president looking at Cecilia and answering no to this question
5: about whether Russia is still targeting the US and despite multiple people in the room understanding that the president was responding to that question and despite the president having never before said the word no no repeatedly to usher reporters out of the room yeah, actually, you're saying said, no, you're saying no, it to reverse time. you're saying the president said, this is the, the first thing that time. the president said after the question was asked was thank you very and much and then no. he said no, no I'm not answering any more questions so here's my And even further, I think even Cecilia didn't realize what the answer was because she asked for clarification, and he didn't answer the follow-up. Again, I I swear. Right, because because she wasn't sure... I talked to the president. He wasn't answering that question. He was saying, no, he's not taking questions. And I've stated what our position is. So let me get to my question, Sarah, so I actually asked it yet, which is the president, now this is the second time in three days that the president of the White House has come out and reversed what the president has said. To the actually, opposite of what it was I'm interpreting Sarah. what the president said. But I'm not reversing it. the opposite it. way. Why I was this in the room president- as well, and I didn't take it the way you did. But why, should, but why should this president have any credibility to Americans in what he says if, in fact, 24 hours later, or in this case, three hours later, later, the White House comes out and says, just kidding. First of all, that's not what I said. Um, I was interpreting what the president's intention was and stating the administration's policy it's not exactly what you just explained. Uh, we never said just kidding. And I, think, and I think, and I think that you, you can take the fact that the president has credibility because he saw that he had misspoken um, and he wanted to clarify that yesterday, which he did. So when he sees that he's misspoken, he comes out and he says that. Jordan. i'm going to the second, Jordan. Question, sorry, Josh, Josh, keep the second question. Jordan, Josh, well, just to follow up on my second question, Sarah. Sorry, I'm going to move two. on to Jordan. You told Josh the president has been once again. Moving on to Jordan. Jordan, go ahead.
7: Um, said, sorry, Holly, go ahead if you want. Thanks,
5: Jordan. You said Actually, jobs. I'm yes. going to yes. take a question from Jordan. I just want to know when, because I don't think any of us remember, at least I don't remember, a time when the president has publicly called up Vladimir Putin. I think by stating the fact that the president uh, said that Russia interfered with our election, that's a pretty bold call out of another world leader. Jordan, go ahead.
0: Uh, Senators Rubio and Van Hall have introduced legislation that would impose new sanctions on Russia. If the intelligence agencies find they meddle in the 2018 midterms or in the future, um, would a, the President Trump support a proposal like that? I'm
5: not going to get into a hypothetical situation yeah. until yeah. we, yeah. until we see, uh, you know, a final piece of legislation and also a determination if there's election meddling. Again, our goal is to stop that from happening, which is why we've spent such a significant amount of time in the first year and a half of our administration focusing on protecting the election integrity system. Go ahead. Sarah, Thanks. is voter suppression Sorry. included with Guys, that, please? If we could go on, I'm the asking a question because you
4: choose not to call on me. Is voter suppression part of that election
5: uh, process that the president is trying to look for? John, look, go with? ahead. Are oh, you not going to answer that?
8: Both suppression on, you'll is be a huge issue that a community question. in
5: America has asked about. You're not going to answer. John, go ahead. That's all right.
3: Fine. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, the immediate reaction to the president's comments that he made at that joint press conference in Helsinki. It was immediate. Every uh, cable channel, Fox, NBC, CNN reacted immediately to the suggestion the president made that he did not believe that Russia interfered in the U.S. presidential election. I got my inbox inundated with uh, emails from Republican members of Congress uh, with their reaction immediately. And 24 hours, it took 24 hours for the President to correct the record. Why did it take so long uh, for the President to clarify the comments that he made at
5: that press conference. Uh, look, the president put out an initial tweet after uh, boarding Air Force One that clarified his comments uh, on the intelligence community. Wanted to make sure that was clear. And at the very first chance he had uh, in a public setting, the following day, he clarified his comments. Um, and I don't think that it was that long for that to be the very first public appearance that he had following arriving back to the United States. So actually. Mm-hmm.
3: It's a pretty long time, and it was out there for quite it a bit. It wasn't
5: actually 24 hours before he responded at all. Um, again, he put out an initial tweet from hours. Air Force One.
3: Comment on this to clarify his remarks, to change the would to wooden, or the wooden to wood. And I think that you know a lot of people would, would argue that there was ample time for the president. He tweets all the time from Air Force One.
5: And he for, tweeted that to, night.
3: To, to put out a, a statement which clarified what he meant to say during the joint news Conference and he didn't do that Why, what, what took so long is my question.
5: once he reviewed the transcript he, he wanted to publicly he wanted to publicly address uh, the clarification in which he did
0: There are currently efforts within Congress to impeach Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Is that something that the White House would support for lack of cooperation in turning over documents to Congress? The
5: president's made clear he'd like all documents to be turned over, but we're continuing to work with uh, our (laughs) Department of Justice. I don't have anything further.
9: Jim, Jim, go ahead. Uh, Sorry, to follow up on that, would the White House denounce that effort? Then, do they have the do they have confidence within the Deputy Attorney General?
5: Uh, the President would like to see uh, the documents turned over. Um, when the President no longer has confidence in someone, his administration will let you know. Jim,
6: Sarah, on the Friday at the press conference with Prime Minister May, I asked the President as he was leaving uh, whether or not he would tell Vladimir Putin to stay out of U.S. elections. Uh, as he was leaving with Prime Minister, he said yes. Did the president tell Vladimir Putin at their summit in Helsinki to stay out of U.S. elections? Uh,
5: certainly the president, as both he and President Putin said, uh, discussed election meddling. I think we've made very clear what our position I is on that
6: front. saying that they discussed election meddling, but did the president of the United States tell the president of Russia? To stay out of US elections. The,
7: president,
5: the president has made clear uh, to Vladimir Putin that he should stay out of US elections. To, may, Sorry, I'm no, gonna well, keep moving. April, quick. go ahead. Was Please. there a recording
7: record made? Sorry, Jim, I'm gonna take recording. a
8: couple
5: last questions. All right, all right. Was there a
8: recording made of their one-on-one meeting? I'm not Does that exist?
5: I'm not We're aware of on So, Sarah, the so chief is saying that the president is very concerned about the election process.
1: All right, you've been listening to White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders getting a lot of tough questions today regarding everything that's kind of kind of back to the beginning, moving forward and back again, To from the mess in Helsinki to clarification yesterday to further clarification required today. The panel is here. We've been watching it together. Let's get to some of the things that we learned today. First and foremost, the latest clarification was, was required, Caitlin, is that President Trump today was asked if Russia is, is still targeting the United States He's he said no um, Cecilia Vega the reporter who asked said he looked directly at me and said no the white house says that's not what he said um How much do you believe the the White House on this? Well, having been in those kinds of situations with the president before, I have noticed that he does look around the room to reporters and he does listen to kind of the questions that are being asked. I wasn't in the room today, so I can't speak to exactly that. But you know, the president does have a credibility issue, of course, on this specific topic, given the way in which he had to respond yesterday under public pressure from not only Democrats, but many, many Republicans. So heading into this at the very least they should have been on guard about this he should have been extra careful uh and the fact that this is even happening right now i think speaks to the way in which the president you know just wants to move on from this and doesn't really care about the the consequences sarah apparently. sanders seems to be showing fatigue in trying to mm-hmm. in, in, in having to clarify things that the president does say mm-hmm. on another topic though peter and this was brought up and i think this is going to be um discuss much more it came up in the press conference in helsinki when the president talked about an interesting idea an incredible offer that came from vladimir putin which was this concept of allowing bob Mueller and investigators to go to russia to conduct interviews of russians that have been now charged uh, indicted um in return for russian investigators to come to the united states to interview and interrogate americans on american soil um she Sarah Sanders essentially just said it was discussed, it was offered, and the United States made no commitment. But that's a wild proposition that they even discussed it in public,
9: yeah, you know, sometimes you know, I play this game in my head where I imagine Barack Obama saying some of these kind of things, and, you know, and you know, one's head explodes if you try to think about how, how Republicans might be responding if Barack Obama had suggested it was an interesting idea to basically bring Russian investigators in the United States to 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 interview our intelligence people. What's so strange about the Trump presidency is that so often what comes out of Trump's mouth doesn't really bear any relationship with what's actually going on in the government, mm-hmm. right? It's like we have these two presidencies: we have the actual official government going through its business, and then we have Trump just saying whatever the heck is, has kind of come into his mouth. So I don't think the actual permanent government is actually going to entertain that idea at all i would imagine you know pompeo bolton kelly but you know trump just says these things from a position of basically complete ignorance and without really understanding the basic kind of parameters that generally guide the way america views the world
1: steve do you think honestly uh, from uh almost every republican who spoke out after helsinki said um if they were being charitable it was a mess um, if they were being, and there are Republicans who were much more critical, calling it a disgrace and um, how he was discussed. Then the attempt at a clarification yesterday. Where are you today on this,
6: Kate? Uh, I've got to tell you, I agree. There's been a lot of hysteria, unnecessary hysteria on both sides, and I very, very rarely agree with President Obama. But on one thing, I do agree with him. In 2016, President Obama faced the same questions about Russian meddling. Uh, he was asked. Why did you not call out Russia on the public stage? And you know what he said? And he correctly said, I'm here to reset our relations with Russia. I'm not here to make things worse. President Trump did the same thing. He was there to thaw the ice uh, with Russia. And both Barack Obama and President Trump on this issue knew that 20 years, 10 years, 15 years from now... So you disagree
1: with every every other Republican who's spoken out who said that if you're going to put America first and if you're going to be strong in the face of a foreign aggression he didn't do that
6: Yes, I, I disagree with them because first of all they don't know all the facts and second of all well do
1: you think, know all the facts
9: I mean well, what do you well,
6: mean well what i know is this is that the president has put america first he's been very tough on russia he went to nato and contrary to what the narrative that many politicians are saying he was looking for their fair share of bearing the burden uh, I woke up t- after the summit and all these uh, uh, issues. My quality of life is still good. The economy is good. No Russian flags are flying anywhere in the United States. So what's all the... Um, if that's uh, your measure
1: uh, things yeah, are good, that of things, they're good. My measure of things, Kate.
6: my measure of things is that uh, everyone, both sides. How about calming down and let's get all of the facts before we draw conclusions? I, 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 don't, know,
1: I don't know where you're... I'm not hysterical. Steve, I'm not not. just asking some questions. Um, Doug, when it comes to the clarification, Republicans were furious, hysterical. Maybe not furious when Mm -hmm. all of this went down. Clarification. When Donald Trump said it was two letters, and apostrophe that he got wrong, despite everything else he said that press conference was there was a lot more. Republicans seem to think that is enough. So all of the stuff that they threw out there from Capitol Hill saying we can make a stand. We can do this. We can do that. Is it going to go anywhere?
7: No. Uh, Ultimately, Republican members are, you know, what they respond to publicly and what they say privately, as we know, are two very different things. Ultimately, it's going to be what they hear from their voters. If their voters react to what they saw, not just in Helsinki, but throughout this trip. And let's be clear, this trip was a disaster before Donald Trump went to Helsinki. He insulted the prime minister of England. He insulted the queen of England. He threatened NATO and its very existence. Even after that, he threatened Montenegro and, and the entire tenants of NATO. So what happened in Helsinki, as awful as it was, this this was already an embarrassment to America and sent a terrible message to the rest of the world and a great message of Vladimir Putin and maybe, maybe Nigel Farage and that's it. <laughs> so so we had that going on anyways. Does that seep into the mind of the Republican voter? It, th- that's what we don't know yet. And we'll find that out as we see more polling, as we see the effects of this. But until then, we'll see more strongly worded statements from Republicans and not much else.
1: One thing we still don't know and we will still wait to hear because only Russia is talking about it, is what exactly was agreed to, yes or nothing. In that one-on-one with Vladimir Putin. So stand by to stand by on that. That's the State of America tonight. This is day 545 of President Trump's administration. And tonight, my friends, we're adding another countdown to the list. This marks three days until the final daily version of State of America. We are taking on a new role here at CNN, a weekly show. A Friday night version of State of America will begin in September. Same fun, same fights, different time, and in a weekly dose. We'll see you back here tomorrow.